right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast. My name is Randy. I am joined by Mr. Cody McBride, the Sarge. We are live in merry old England. Sarge, uh, good evening. It's about 1 a.m. where we are. How are you? Good morning, big. Happy to be here with you. Uh, I don't know how we stretched this day out as long as we did, but we're here. We're doing this preview podcast at 1 in the morning, and uh, you know, there's no other place that I'd rather be right now. No, my body has no idea what time it is. Truly a tough scene. We'll get into a little bit of the the jet lag (laughs) slash trying to integrate into the current time zone that we're in. But man, we've had a great day so far. Excited to cut it up with you and roll out. I think this is going to be a very, very exciting AIG Women's Open. As long as the weather cooperates. I think that could be a concern, though. Yeah, we'll get into that. Before we dive in, let me thank our sponsor today. That is FootJoy. And let's take a moment to talk about our friends at FootJoy. They're the official shoe for no laying up. And FootJoy is the number one shoe at the AIG Women's Open. Honestly, it's the number one shoe at just about every level of women's golf. It's the number one shoe on the LPGA Tour, the Ladies European Tour. It's the number one shoe at the NCAA Women's Championships, at the Women's Amateur, the National High School Golf Championships. The list goes on and on and on. And a big part of that, is FootJoy only makes golf shoes and has for nearly 100 years. On top of that, when they make them for women, they make them in more sizes, more styles, and more options than anyone else. And they make them specifically for women with unique elements designed to maximize their performance and comfort. Players who care about their game care about what's on their feet. Whether it's women, men, or juniors, professionals, or amateurs, more of those players lace up a pair of FootJoys when they get ready to play. So just like Jess Corda, Danielle Kang, Bronte Law, and half of every LPGA tournament field, we at No Laying Up are also among the nation of players who trust their game to the overwhelming number one shoe in golf, FootJoy. And I can tell you, Cody, uh, it was soggy today. We got to play in the Pro-Am, which we'll get into. I couldn't be more pleased with my FootJoys today, truly. Uh, my feet were dry. I, I, I was not uncomfortable or inconvenienced a single time out there. And that's my highest recommendation. I agree. I don't know. I I was kind of curious on your shoe selection when we stepped out (laughs) this morning, but you're right. I mean, they held up. I wore, you know, my normal premieres. They held up excellent. Did not get a single drop of water on my socks. And it was, I think we went through probably two or three different little showers that came through. Soggy day uh, all across the course, but man, Great shoes. I agree with you. Big, I'm I'm so excited to be here in England with you. But man, it was a journey getting here. <laughs> Today's been a heck of a day. I don't know how much you want to divulge of all this mess that's been going on, but where do you think we start at? Well, let's start with, I was hoping to get up this morning at, I think I thought I set an alarm for 7.34. I always like to set my alarms on weird numbers and... Wait, why? I don't know. I don't know. Are you going to wake up better if they're on a weird number? Uh, yeah, I don't know. No zeros or fives. We always try to pick a, a weird number. I think it was 732 now that I uh, now that I think about it. But 
I, I found out retroactively I actually didn't turn on the alarm. So that was my first problem. <laughs> and then I get a knock at the door, you banging on my door. I'm sure you thought I was dead. I, I thought, oh my gosh, I've overslept. It, it's probably what, 9.30, 10 o'clock. Sarge is going to be so mad at me. Uh, I wake up, I roll over, and my phone says 12.21 p.m. <laughs> and I was, oh my God. We had a 1.40 p.m. tea time at Walton Heath. And we're about 25 minutes away. It was it was a uh, a scramble for me. I, I took a quick shower, threw on my clothes. Of course, didn't bring any rain gear. I, I forgot rain gear in in Denver. I realized that on the flight. And then I didn't have any. You know, I have a, a nice little NLU all weather. I'd say what water resistant, if we're being honest. God. Top that I just left upstairs. Neil's going to be furious when he hears you describe <laughs> it like that. Well, it's, I can't say it's waterproof. Anyway, it's a nice top. I didn't have it. So I was just out there in shorts. My aforementioned foot joys, thank God they kept my feet dry. And uh, a rowback sweatshirt, which performed well as well. So um, my golf was was not good. It, well, it before, not we good. Get to, before we get to the golf, I think, you know, jet lag is definitely setting in. We both arrived yesterday around, I would say, what, noon? Early One. afternoon, yeah. You got in. I was supposed to get in then because of weather via Atlanta. I ended up getting a little delayed. Ended up getting into Heathrow at about uh, three or four. Yeah. Made it over here to the Airbnb, which is a great Airbnb that we have set up here. Supposed to be a third. TC wasn't able to make the trip, but it's a, a nice, I would say, proper little English townhouse or something. I don't know what they would describe these as, but plenty of room for us. We stayed up as late as we possibly could. We ended up going and getting some great kebabs for dinner. Kebab Express. It, it could not shout it out anymore. I think it was delicious. It was delicious. They thoroughly helped us out through the ordering process. I think, you know, when you go to a new spot, the first thing you do is you go inside and you're like overwhelmed with options and what's going on in front of you. You just say, hey, hand up. This is my first time. Please guide me through this process. And they absolutely did that. But got a little food in our belly. Tried to stay up as late as we possibly could in order to think that we're going to get a full night's sleep and wake up this morning and get out to the course. And that just that just did not happen. I think this morning or in your case, afternoon, when you finally did wake up uh, and we're chatting about it, we both were wide awake at two in the morning and, and that stayed awake till like 6 a.m., caught a couple extra hours. And then uh, and then I was up and kind of had my day. I, I I knew that we didn't have to do anything until three or until one forty. So I went for a walk. I got my golf club set up out of the travel bag, make sure that I was uh, set up, ready to go, thinking that at any point in time, you're going to roll down the stairs or I'm going to hear the shower come on. And that just didn't happen. And nine o'clock came around and 10 o'clock. Did you think I was and did you think I had passed? I went and checked on you. Okay. I knew that you were okay. okay. I didn't go like put my finger under your nose to do like a true like breath check. But I knew that you were okay up there. And at the end of the day, I knew I woke you up at the, the latest possible <laughs> second. But I knew I could, I could hear you, man. You were sawing logs up there. Oh, you had to get that sleeping. I know. I don't know. I, I woke up at 2 a.m. thinking it was, you know, 7.30. And it's just a horrible feeling when you're, you feel wide awake. And I was probably that way until 5.30. And then I finally got tired and I thought, okay, I'll just get a little sleep. And yeah, it turned into 1220. Anyway, we made it to the golf course. We got eyes on Walton Heath. 
man, it's a it's an incredible layout. It's so pretty looking at the contrast yeah. between the I still don't know if I'm supposed to call it Heath or, or Heather. Heather. I know. What do we want? To, I think we just have to pick one and go with it. Okay. I mean, I think Heather is the normal, but I also know in the past like people have yelled at Solly for calling it Heather and it's not Heather. Yeah. Um I what I heard and let's go with this for now until we get corrected. It's Heathland where Heather grows. All right. Well, we're going to go with that then. But what what I'm more curious about is this blooming purple, like wildflower Heather, or is that Heath? I don't know, but it's gorgeous. Beautiful. The pictures, it pops. Like you could not say more nice things about Walton Heath. I think, uh, you know, we got out there with barely enough time to, you know, run up to, actually, I take that back. We probably had, we had 30 minutes to go. 15. Okay, maybe 15 by the time by we got the time there. We got, got off situated. the buggy. But people were not waiting for us. I don't want no, to have no, no, people no, no. the wrong impression that no. we were actually late for a tea time. No. We were there early. The groups in front of us were still teeing off. We we met our professional who we were playing with, Lily Mae Humphreys. Have you ever heard anything from her before? No. And I actually loved getting paired with her for that exact reason. Got to meet somebody new. Uh, she's a 21-year-old, uh, somewhat local woman uh from outside of england she won earlier this year the joburg open that's right the let so she has a an let win under her belt and could could not have been more just nice easy to talk to delightful um really enjoyed spending what turned into about six hours with her the, the pro-ams <laughs> are not fast long round of golf but man uh meeting her and talking to her about her career and where she got here didn't go to college but you know, she played on the Curtis Cup team when she was 16 years old. She's won amateur tournaments all over the world, obviously here in England, Ireland, Scotland, uh, Welsh, and she's at one point in time the ladies amateur champion. So yeah. very decorated amateur career. I know Jordan, as soon as we mentioned this name, it's probably like, of course you guys. Well, you like idiots. I, I've known her for <laughs> yeah. the last 10 years. But yeah, she was amazing. And what I would say is like exactly what I would think of from like a very proper british golfer like in every sense of the word i know just I, and i i don't mean this i there's no negative connotation but just very british and very just her 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 speaking mannerisms her tone i i just loved it it, it made me feel truly like i was here in england at the women's open so fun day with her i think our team ended up maybe fifth um overall in the pro-am and you know all things considered it, it was it was a good day I, I think like you said the highlight we got to see the course we got to play all 18 holes of it um i, I think we'll are, we'll be smarter and more informed for it so let's start let's start here walton heath what uh first impressions initial reactions what did you like what excuse me what did you not like um well, overall, I think it's it's a fantastic golf course with a, with a really interesting layout. And I say interesting because there's 36 holes that are out there. There's a, a mixture for this championship between the old course and the new course. And there were some holes that I felt like they needed, they, they desperately wanted to fit some new holes in. And that's where it kind of got a little shaky for me. Green complexes are phenomenal. I think the runoffs, 
the way that they're, you know, there's there's a couple greens out there that have so many little lumps and bumps and swells in it. Uh, really cool to to walk. It's firm, even though like we we've been getting rain, and they said last week they absolutely got hammered. Yeah. If we get a little bit of sun out here, and the wind picks up just a little bit, this thing's gonna bake out quick, which I hope happens because if we keep playing it like today, like the greens were very very receptive. I was like spinning a lot of golf balls back. Yeah. Um, which is not what you, you don't want to see that in an open championship. No, it's, it's not, you know, it's not a seaside links, no. but what, what it can be. And hopefully the forecast holds and, and the rain is behind us the rest of the week and it can dry out, get some sun on it. It, it can be, it, it can play like a links, you know, it's a, it's an inland, uh, links S course. And well, let's start with some facts here. It's a it's a Herbert Fowler. First of all, they have two they have two 18s. They have the new course and the old course. The tournament this weekend is going to use 16 holes of the old course and two holes from the new course. So I feel like calling it a composite's a bit of a stretch, but they are utilizing both courses. Um, like I said, the old course, Herbert Fowler. Um, it's got a it's got a very rich history, and I think. You know, the probably the most significant event it's hosted thus far was the 1981 Ryder Cup. Uh, it was a fill-in f- at somewhat the last minute. Uh, the the Belfry in Ireland was still under construction, and that was reading about it. I um, I didn't realize how good of a team the U.S. had that year. I think 11 of the 12 guys went on to win major championships in their career. Ooh, a lot of people say that the best Ryder Cup. Maybe the best U.S. Ryder Cup team ever. Uh, but beyond that, it's it, it hosted a lot of European Opens in the 70s and 80s. It hosted the the Senior Open Championship in 2011. And it hosted the British Masters in 2018, which uh, our guy Eddie Pepperell won. So it, it, it it's hosted big events. It continues to host U.S. Open qualifying uh, for Europeans. And this will be the first time it's hosted a Women's Open. And I think it's it's fabulous. Amazingly, only four club professionals in over a hundred years of it being around. That is amazing. It really is. It it reminds me of like that stat with like the Pittsburgh Steelers have had what like four or five coaches in their yep. history. Uh, to only have four head professionals in a hundred plus years is remarkable. Of course, James Braid was the first one, nineteen oh four to nineteen fifty. I, we'll have to find a picture of James Braid. He's a Slenderman. Well, he looks uh, with like an incredible mustache, though, right? Yeah, That's I don't it. have the mustache, but I'd love to take a picture by a James <laughs> Braid uh, portrait for the people. And then, uh, you know, you have dignitaries. Edward, uh, he became King Edward VIII, was was a member at Walton Heath. You have a number of prime ministers. So a lot of history. It's, it's a very posh, uh, well-thought-of, you know, significant club here just outside of London. And the women get their turn on it this week, which I'm super excited for. I think, um, Cody, if I can, before we get into some whole discussion and, and some more impressions, I, I saw our, our good friend John Huggin wrote a Golf Digest article, and I wanted to relay a Laura Davies quote from it, talking about the course. Laura, Dame Laura Davies said, quote, this is a fantastic course. 
My only regret is that it is not running hard and fast. The aforementioned very wet July playing a factor in that. Walton Heath is not a Lynx, but it can play like one. I'm guessing that's what the RNA were hoping for when they decided to come here. If you want to see a bad shot punish, this is the place. There's the Heather, which is so horrible to play from, and there are so many well-placed cross bunkers. It's a really hard course if you're not playing well. Every hole is easy, only if you get your drive in the right position. So some players will go low this week, but only if they play really well, which is as it should be. Great players playing well should go low. If they don't, there's something wrong with the course. And I think that, honestly, that kind of sums up my big takeaways. I mean, she says it so much more eloquently and and smarter than I could. But just from playing today, I thought there was no hole where I felt intimidated off the tee. But at the same time, it's like, man, if if you miss the fairways, and the fairways are pretty generous, you yeah, know, they're, I'd say they're, they're not tight. No, not at all. It, but they they could get tight if they you could. wanted to hit the club. Exactly. And but there's not a lot of what we would call rough. No. Before you get to the really gnarly, nasty Heather. So, you know, I think job one is you just got to find the short grass, and then job two is where do you want to be positioned for the best angle for your second shot or your approach shot. And that's going to be the test, in my opinion. I don't know if you feel differently. No, this is a ball strikers golf course. You need to be able to hit your hybrids and your long irons very, very well accurate here in order to get yourself the proper levels of these greens because if not, you're running away down to little... seems like there's little bunkers hidden everywhere. If you open your eyes and, and start looking yes. around, you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that was there and that was there and oh. And they're not pot bunkers. No, they're not. They, they have very gentle entries to them. And then all of a sudden they build up to some pretty substantial faces at points in time. But great bottoms of the bunkers. It's kind of like a heavy sand. Mm-hmm. But it makes it like the ball can still get up. And, and you're just, it's all about controlling your spin out of it. You're just not putting a ton of spin on the golf ball out of them. But very well said by her. I will say this is that the golf course is not that long and when people look at the numbers of what the the women are going to be playing at it this week but it plays a lot longer than it does it felt like i I don't know if we had the the prevailing wind today but it just felt like we had so many holes into the wind when it's wet like this you got to carry it so far up there and there's not a lot of shots that are really like you know landing them short and you can run them up onto the putting surface no, that's that's exactly right. I, I think I made a joke. It was like hole six. I'm like, oh my God, are we ever going to get a hole that's downwind? Right. <laughs> I think there's a sneaky amount of elevation on some approach Definitely. shots. You know, some more uphill than than maybe the eye lets on. So that that I think plays a factor in it, it feeling a little bit longer uh, than maybe the scorecard would seem. I think talking to a few players today, it feels like it's the 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 first really four or five holes are going to be really difficult. It, it's going to be you know buckle in, survive the first few holes. Hopefully you come out uh, you know not only with a with a clean card but but feeling good. And then really it's it's kind of that 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 that finishing stretch. I think is could be pretty gettable, which. Honestly, when we're talking about a tournament, uh, could make for some fireworks late in the round. The back nine is so much more gettable than the front. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly there. 
It's just these holes on the front nine. There's not, you don't really get in trouble off the tee. You can be aggressive if you want and try to hit drivers as far up there as you want to, but there's so many great crossing bunkers mm-hmm. that will like these little elbows that they have just reach out and get you. I was in a, a, a lot of these today and luckily we were <laughs> scrambling off the tee so we didn't have to take them all the time. But man, it, it, it feels like a lot of the fairway bunkers where they are out there are still such well-placed. They're very much in play here, mm-hmm. but it gives you options off of it. We talked to our own Elsie Lauren. We had dinner with her this evening, and that was one thing that she said too: "Is like, yeah, you can hit driver up there if you want, but you're giving yourself like a, you know, a twenty yard landing area where you could literally hit three wood and be thirty yards back from that and have, you know, seventy to a hundred yard wide fairway at some point, yeah, yeah and, and not have any issues with any of it. But that's where you're getting all these. There's just going to be a ton of hybrids." and long irons into the green and you're going to see flushers show up like whoever wins this tournament is going to hit their irons the best i i totally agree it, it it feels like we were we were trying to kind of place uh, some comparable courses but it does feel like uh, some of the venues we've seen for the KPMG women's PGAs of of recent year you know yeah. Baltus Raw going back to congressional last year just big open golf courses where you know it 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 seems open off the tee and like you said it can play open but if if you want to get more aggressive you'll get rewarded if you hit your spots and you also get punished and if you lay back it's just going to be a ton of woods hybrids and long irons into greens and i want to ask you about the greens there were a few greens that were just they they blew my mind. I I mean I think a number four right off the bat. Uh, yeah. It'll be so the routing they skip number one on the members old course, which is a par three. So that is not in play this week. It's so a parking th- lot. It's it, yeah. It, so the first hole is is the old course number two, and then they skip old course number three. So it's the fourth hole of the members old course, and I guess it'll play as the second hole this week. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. And it had, I'm not exaggerating, I feel like it had like seven little tears <laughs> and bowls in this in this green. It, it was psychotic. It was nuts. It's difficult to putt on. I'll say that <laughs> for sure. Somehow I ended up making a putt on that. Yeah, you did, you did <laughs> make a putt. There. I made three there, but that was probably be one of the most extreme examples of the greens out here. The rest of them, I would say there's just a lot of long breaks. Yeah. And it feels like you just have these ridges that kind of, you know, run through these green complexes and the ball just doesn't really like, there's no real like gradual turns. It's just these like kind of long sweeping breaks where everything like you have to be dead weight the entire time or else it's rolling, you know, 10 feet past and you just have a nasty comebacker. I think that's kind of what's reminding me of Baltus Raw. Yeah. From what we saw on television, you know, I I would expect to see a decent amount of three putts just because like you said, it's, it's going to be, some of these putts are going to be really difficult to lag and, and get up right next to the hole. There's some phenomenal like pinnable spots that are out there too, that if they wanted to, they could, they could yeah. make this super spicy because there's not, there's not a lot of like flat spots out on those greens. No, no, I can't remember what was the green that truly looked like 
uh, like a cooked piece of bacon because it was just like had humps and bumps and like little uh, little bowls and valleys everywhere. Well, I think was that not our it couldn't have been our second hole. Was that our third or fourth hole? That was the one I was trying to talk about. I think that would have been number three that okay. we played. Okay. So our our third hole. The green on three, though, was just out of this world. But I know what you're trying to say here is that there's I don't see a I don't see a green where they're like, you know, one is the same as the next one. I think they're all very unique. The one through line that they had, like I said, is like these these super long, drawn out breaking putts, where where speed is just going to be that like that important for them. Yeah. Or you know, the flip side of that is if if they can figure out their mid and long irons and play the proper amount of release on those shots, you, you can use some of the slopes to really help you uh get the ball close at times yeah for sure we definitely saw that on on the back nine i know we'll get there but these scoring holes that you have on the stretch in like you, you can get the ball working and there's plenty of kickers that are out there that are just feeding everything down to these pins yeah that's why we're, we're hoping it dries out hope to get a little sunshine on it we'll take some wind uh as much as it can dry out and firm up i, I think it's going to make for a great championship what holes stood out to you out there I, I mean, it, it was a little bit the front nine. You know, when I think back, I, like I remember the green complex on eight stood out. Uh, six was a fantastic kind of uh, just long, proper par five, slightly uphill. Uh, it's going to take three really good shots there. But yeah, I, I think the ones I remember the most occurred on the back nine. Uh, and and really starting with twelve was twelve the one you play over the path, yep. So twelve I believe is twelve and thirteen as they'll they'll play for the championship. Those are the two holes from the new course, and twelve is a hole where you kind of you have a decision whether to hit driver. It's it's a dogleg right. It's it's kind of a short par four, maybe three forty, and the easy play the sensible play the 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 play to the wide wide fairway is to hit three wood or you know hybrid and you'll have maybe 120 130 in uh, or you hit driver trying to get something moving left to right and there's a cart path that that it, it's not just a regular cart path as we might think of in the states it's it's kind of a built up berm almost yeah with a cart path on top and that's kind of like, you know, you get over that and then the ball kind of hits a little speed slot and you can get down there. Honestly, that's one of the holes where you could have a little flip wedge. I thought that was interesting. You know, you, you just don't see many holes like that in the States. Not at all. Plus, I, I think that's like gives the RNA plenty of options here. I mean, if they wanted to get spicy one of those days, like that's a Move hole where up. they could definitely make drivable if they yeah. wanted to. I mean, you had drive. You, you were kind of trying for the direct line yeah i just didn't cut it enough and was still like we're a little short left 60 yard no not even yeah um but then yeah i would say coming in 16 par 5 uh, a little bit of a dog leg left um kind of downhill for your first two shots and then the green sits a little elevated man you you throw your drive out there on the right hand side of that fairway and it'll just keep on chasing <laughs> down left it's such a fun inviting tee shot for me to hit yeah. 
Like it was awesome today. And then 17's a par three. And then I thought 18 could be a really fun closing hole. Uh, we'll call it, you know, it's about 400 yards, but really well bunkered and kind of plays into the way they have the grandstands lining the left side of that hole, or excuse me, corporate boxes lining the left side of the hole and then grandstands up the right. You kind of feel like you're playing up into this almost shoot. Yeah. And there's trees kind of back beyond the green. So it, it feels really hemmed in in a way that I like. And there's some really interesting bunkers. And that was one of the greens from the fairway. I thought, oh, you know, it's a pretty standard green. And you get up there. There's like a whole back portion of that green. That I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Did not see it at no, all. From did not where see we're it. At. You can get in serious trouble, though, on that hole. You got two really good fairway bunkers on the left-hand side. We saw one of them today. And then that green, you don't realize it, but like up both sides of the greens are some pretty nasty bunkers. Yeah. No, I know. Great closing hole. I think, I mean, a dream would a champion be awarded there. Like you have to make a play on 18, but yeah. it's going to be a really cool little amphitheater to, to, to see a champion crown there. But I don't know. I think what I think back of, of like the par threes, I would say, Nothing really wowed me there. They're, they're, no. they're long. I say uh, we hit some pretty long irons today. They're tough. I, I appreciate that. But some of the most like turned up greens, I would say, would be the par threes that we played. Yeah. Specifically, uh, I think it's, what was it, five? Five is the first, first par three. That thing can't so hard right to left. Yeah. Like if there's any pin on that left hand side, you, you're, you cannot go right at it. You got to land something short right and let it run up. The next one would be nine, same thing, long. And we play, I think we played at like 210, something like that. With the it was, wind, it was playing, yeah, about 210. A huge, huge bunker that sits on the left-hand side of it. Got to watch out for that. And then really coming back on 17, I think that was probably one of the, the fairest greens that were out there, uh, specifically for the par threes. But again, just something big, like a big hole that made you step up and hit another long iron with undulating, interesting greens. Yeah. Yep. It's uh so it'll play as a par 72. The front's going to be a par 35, two par threes, one par five. And then the back's a par 37 with two par fives and one par three. So yeah, it's uh it's, it's flushers only. We both plugged it on social media, but I wanted to shout out Iona Stevens had a great video. So good. Uh, if, if you search on YouTube on the road with Iona and Walton Heath, she played the course with the current president, Jill Thornhill here at Walton Heath. They must have played it before July because <laughs> it is firm and baked out and God, you can hear the thud of the club on the turf. But that's a great way to to get a feel for the entire course. Iona just does a great job, so wanted to give her a shout out. Yeah, she does a phenomenal job with that video series. Just a great person all around. And Jill, I think, was like such a shot of life in that video. Yeah. Somebody that I know we're both like, I know. we got to track her down. I, I want to talk to Jill. I, I need to find out more about the club, about Mr. Braid, everything. Everything that this place got going on. Yeah. Uh, well, let's get into some predictions and, and we'll talk players here before we do. I wanted to just, uh, touch on for those listening in the United States, the TV windows are going to be Thursday and Friday from 6am 
to 2 p.m. Eastern, and that's going to be on USA. And then Saturday is also USA from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern time. And then Sunday, we're going to be 7 a.m. to noon on USA, and then noon to 2 on NBC. So those are that's That's windows. good coverage. I know. I know. Um, certainly the hours are there. Uh, I have no problem with USA. Like as long as, as long as I can show watch the golf. It, yes, exactly. Just show the golf. I I'm to the point where it's like, I don't really care where it is. I just want to see the golf. So considering we like sit around and get excited for like Twitter streams and stuff like that, <laughs> like, please just keep showing the golf. And the other thing to mention, Cody and I are going to pop on to open radio this week. We don't have the exact details of our work schedule yet we'll be sure to share those across social media but i know for sure you can find a link to open radio at aigwomensopen.com so if you want to hear sarge and myself i honestly probably make fools of ourselves from time to time 100 percent, and do our best imitations of uh, on-course radio people be sure to tune in there we'll as soon as we know our schedule and our specifics we'll share those uh, uh, Randy, uh, before we get away from that, I've I've never done anything like that. The only radio time that I have is like, you know, 16 years of trying to, you know, call in troops and contact <laughs> close air support. You are the veteran of this. You're, you're, a, you're the lead announcer for the hit popular YouTube series. <laughs> Wild world of golf. What could you give me? I need guidance, man. Well, I I think, you know, my mindset for all of the wild worlds of golf that we did was just try to be as stupid and sarcastic as possible. (laughs) I'm not sure if that's exactly the strategy we want to go with. I don't know if the open But I also think they're wanting us to be a little goofy. We asked that. We asked the hard-hitting questions today. What do you expect from us? They said, we certainly don't expect you to be professional. That's the best thing that we've heard. <laughs> I said, no, thank God. I I think, so I've never done radio. I think the thing we'll, we'll have to keep in mind is we have to be descriptive. That's, because what, that's what I was thinking too. And that's usually while watching TV, see. what we don't like is people talking too much. Now our job is to describe and try to paint this picture of everything that people cannot see. I know. And there are going to be certain words and phrases that we're just going to use too much. You know, that was the big thing on Wild World of Golf. Bangalang! No, not that. I, I, actually, no? I, I, I might have to drop a bangalang okay. in there. But I would always say the ball's away as soon as contact was made. Uh, there are a few phrases. So people listening, please tell us which ones were beaten to death. And we'll try to sprinkle in some goodies for for the hardcore listeners out there. Yeah, and not only that, if people that are like local, if you live in England, Wales, I don't know how far away that is, <laughs> Scotland, Ireland, we have a, a buddy who hit us up from Northern Ireland and said, hey, I'm so excited that you guys are going to be doing radio. They're going to be on site. I'm flying over this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to come see the boys. We said, you, you realize we're going to be on radio, right? Yeah, you don't you have can, to fly over. You can listen. Like, it's okay. <laughs> You don't have to walk with us to hear it. But, hey, we're out here. Come on out. Come through. Come through. Say hi. Uh, there's going to be a big fan festival village. Uh, I think the highlight, Saturday night, Ellie Golding is playing a concert. Are you a big fan of her work? I know zero of her music. Yeah. She's an artist. I don't know yeah. any of her songs. She, she's got one. Um, as I'm, you might hear me typing in the background, I got to look it up. You'll know it. 
that's the name of it no lights oh lights Lights. that that's a banger i would play it but then this podcast would get taken down and then that would be a bad situation we got we got to try to we got to try to meet her as well do you think we could effort her for the podcast i think we need to try Our, our radio guy today said that he tried to effort her for a radio hit and she said thank you but no thank you that was tough so yeah like i was saying there's gonna be a little fan festival village randy is giving the the keynote address at the uh women in golf symposium that they're having on wednesday tomorrow i'm not but we are gonna check it out looks like a good program and then sunday we're gonna host a little stage session i think for a half hour that's right a little final round preview so I think that's going to be around noon or 1230 local time on Sunday. So again, anybody in the area would love to see you bring, if, if you have kids, bring them out. It's just a wonderful time. Uh, it's a, it's a big wide open ballpark. You get a lot of exercise, a lot of fresh air should be a fun weekend. Let's get into some of what we're looking for here. I think the story heading in and I'll plug our, our very own Jordan Perez. She just published a piece on nolayingup.com to this effect. We've seen a ton of parody in the majors on the women's side here. And to the point of, if you go back to, I believe it's going back to 2019 and uh, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship. So that should be over the last 22 majors contested on the women's side. Five majors a year. And taken away some from COVID. There have been 17 first-time major winners in the last 22 events. And on top of that, we've had 21 different winners in the 22 events. The only person that has won two majors is Minji Lee in that time frame. Yeah, I don't really know what to make out of that. I would say that uh, what jumps out to me first is kind of lack of consistent like good play i would say from the top women in this game yeah we've seen we've we've seen women i mean obviously play well for one major and and some play well again but just whether it's injuries poor form you know i'm thinking like nelly corda where's she the, been the exact i think nelly i think lilia vu Lil- just won and unfortunately well, yeah, battling another injury, but I think again, I'm like Jin Young. I think of Lydia. I think there's so many that like right, truly women who have been in the in the top ten in the world for such a long time. I mean, we that, thought like, Patty Tabatanikit would have two or three majors by hey, now. Patty's coming. All right, <laughs> hold your horses there. But yeah, I I agree there. I think that that just shows the lack of like overall. You know, I think in in sport, you want to have like a dominating personality. Everybody likes the David versus Goliath. Sure. You know, they want somebody that, you know, there has to be somebody out there that like, you're just constantly like, oh man, I'm getting there. I'm getting close. I'm getting close. And for the past, like, you know, what, really two years, but even so far this year, the top three women in the professional game continue to just pass this hot potato around afraid of taking over the number one spot in the world yeah i i thought again going back to jin young ko and her run in 2021 i thought well here we go she's gonna dominate the next couple of years and again she had an injury that she dealt with uh nelly corda we've i i think anybody would have bet that she would have had a second major by now after winning in 2021 i agree with you for the casual fan 
and and really for people like myself it's it's nice to have that that dominant dominant player that other people can chase and we can judge people off of but i do think as we've gotten into it it's also been really fun just to see all of these different winners i mean take somebody like allison corpus who won the u.s women's open did that do something for you well i think i think she was deserving and i think i think she had been building to that moment as we talked about that week you see somebody like celine boudier has has been building to this for you know several years was was a top ranked amateur it, it I, I i can't really put my finger on it uh, but I don't want to say it's it's necessarily all bad for the women's game. I don't think it's bad. I just don't think that it's good, <laughs> if that <laughs> makes sense. And, and to describe my feelings on that just a little bit is that I, the casual viewer and ourselves, it doesn't matter. If you want people invested in this, like you have to be able to show consistency over time. Who is your favorite golfer growing up? Bill Mickelson. Why? Well, he was he was always really good, and he was always chasing Tiger Woods, and he had just enough of, you know, variability where he never quite knew what was going to happen. Okay, but he wasn't always just chasing Tiger. Like he was also clipping off wins of his own. You For know, sure, by chasing like in in the win record. Not necessarily like losing to Tiger during every tournament or every major, you know, he was right there. Right. You knew that it was either going to be Phil or Tiger. They were going to be in the mix. Right? Yeah. I think that is just something here where like, you know, we joke all the time like, yeah, Nelly, lock up a top 10 finish this week. Am I going to pick her to win? No. Are you? Probably not. No, I'm not. You know, and I think this is the weird thing and I, I still want to hold pump my brakes here a little bit where we're getting into like, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want Rose to become that, you know? And I think like I, we, everybody here is doing a ton to protect Rose because people, and obviously she went out and did it in her first professional uh, tournament. But, you know, I think if you look back, if we look back two years from now and say, it, man, look at Rose, Rose got Five wins by now, probably a major, maybe two, and that'll be our dominating personality. I do not see Allison being that. I do not see Lily being that. I'm sorry, I, I, I really don't see Celine as good as she is playing. No, I think it's more heater that. for he, for her for sure. And ride it out as long as you possibly can because it's it's tr it's been a phenomenal year. What three wins this year in a major, or including a major? Like, that's good, good, good golf. But that's not dominating golf that brings people around. Like, this is what, that, that's why people love, you know, see, that's why people love Lexi. That's why people love Lydia. Because they were always around. Yeah. Not only around, but they got it done when they needed to, too. Well, I'll push Until back a the little end on, on Lexi. Lexi. Yeah. All right? I, I, and I understand that. But there is a big difference between routine casual fans watching normal lpga tour events versus major championships for sure and you have to have these storylines developed with personalities that you know in order to get people hyped for this so if we look at the last let's say five years there are a number of of women 
not a number, but there are a few women that could make that leap to where not only could they pick off a second major, but but I feel like they should pretty consistently be competing for majors. You know, I look at Yuka Sasso. She's one, right? You know, we've talked about Patty Tavitanikit. We've gone over her struggles. She was somebody we certainly thought would be in contention routinely, maybe have a second major by now. But the one I think that we should pay attention to is Runin Yin, who won this year at Baltus Raw, has immense talent. I, I don't think I've mentioned her name to anybody, players, caddies, people around the tour, who, who haven't just been, oh my God, yeah, she's good. Dude, <laughs> she she can play. Uh, so I'm really excited. You know, I we'll get into our picks here to win, but... We've talked about how Walton Heath reminds us, at least, of Baltus Raw. She was fabulous at Baltus Raw. So, I, you know, she's somebody I look to. It's like, come on, let's let's be in contention this week, right? And then, you know, I think it bears mentioning, although she hasn't won a major yet, Rose is three for three as far as top tens in, in her early professional career in majors. So she's been consistent. Uh, maybe this week will be your breakthrough. We shall see. Before we pick our winners and we'll, we'll pick a few other things, talk to me. We, the, the tea times are out. The groupings are out. What are your favorites? There are uh, the LPGA does a really good job with their feature groups. Uh, they, Phenomenal groupings out there. They put a ton of their big names together. I don't know if you have them in front of you by chance, Cody, but could you just list off some of the, uh, the marquee groups? And then I want to ask you, besides those marquee groups, are there a couple, maybe we can go Thursday early, Thursday late, Friday early, Friday late, um, either players or groups that we're keen to see and, and get eyes on. So what what are some of the, what are our feature groups this week? Yeah, I'd start at the, uh, our, our time, I guess, local 758 group. That would be Minji Lee, Nasa, Hatayoka, and Danielle King. That's game num- number nine, followed by Anna North. I think real quick, sorry, Minji. Maybe we can use this just to talk about some of these ladies real quick. I think Minji might be the player to beat this week. And I say that because she opened up the Scottish Open with an 80 and then came back and and still finished top 10. Uh, I think was 14 under the rest of the way or or maybe it was 16 under over the last three rounds. I mean, good God. When, When she gets it going, she's obviously, you know, could right up their best in the world for sure we talk a lot about her record in the u.s open if you look back at her results in the aig women's open like in the last three years she has three top fives yeah it's it's truly impressive she is the ball striker that we talk about she keep if she keeps it in the grass hits her irons the way that we know she can hit her irons and like just get a little bit hot with the putter it's it's definitely it, I know we're not to that part in the show yet, but she is somebody that is right there. Yeah, like, y- yeah, you want to talk about somebody top 10 in the world who should go out and win this championship? Minji Lee. Yeah, I think friendly pairing to with NASA and DK. I don't know where DK's game's at right now, but um, I would say that would be the first marquee group that I, I see out there. Minji, as you said, with incredible form coming in. 
it just blows my mind how many birdies that she made on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday last week at the Women's Scottish. Um, but man, she's she's feeling good coming into it right now. Yeah. Game number ten of Anna Norquist, Jin Young Ko, and Leona McGuire. I want to talk about Leona. Okay. I think a little bit of disappointment. Obviously, sure. we could go back for Leona. She had a great June. I think the month of June was really good. She kind of cooled off a little bit in July. If this golf course gets it just it stops raining a little bit and firms out, th- this has Leona written all over it, man. All over it. I I don't disagree. I I think but it's too perfect. Well, it it just I almost fear with Leona we want it too much. Yeah. You know? And there's a reason we want it. She's she's obviously uber talented. I love I love her fiery competitiveness on the course. Uh she's she's up amongst the upper tier of women that I would say wear their competitive emotions on her sleeve, which I I really enjoy. And of course this would be, you know, I I don't know this for sure, but I would think if if you could give her a pick of majors to win, I would think the open championship would probably be number one. So yeah, I, you know, I, I hope she can find that form that she was flashing June into early July. I, I just don't know. She's been pretty, you know, <laughs> a recurring theme here. She's, she's been pretty streaky as well. So well, they're all streaky. We, yeah, I, I guess I, I truly don't know. It's going to be, I'll find out as the rest of the world does. And then I'd say game 11 would probably be that, that final morning featured group of Nellie Corda, Lydia Ko, and Charlie Hall. I think we could see some big things this week from Charlie. It's going to be a really interesting week for Charlie. And I say that because a little Icarito game for that's what I'm, that's what I'm worried about. That's exactly what I'm worried about. They're going to conquer the, the money game. It's, you know, get that mega bonus or she's just going to eject into a pub on Friday night. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit of a home game. Uh, the last time a lot of us saw her was that final round at Pebble. I I hope I hope that, you know, she's on top of her game because she is so entertaining. She she just is a, a joy to watch. Uh, would love if she's in contention this week. Absolutely. What else you got for uh, notables that you kind of want to check out from that Thursday early group? Yeah, well, kind of besides those featured, uh, the one I wrote down, I want to see. I want to see the Dame. I want to see Laura Davies <laughs> playing in a British Open in England. That's you know we we read her thoughts on Walton Heath earlier. That she's still doing it and teeing it up and competing. I, just immense respect for her. Obviously, very decorated champion. Uh, she goes off at eleven twenty-one, and she's going off with uh, American Sarah Schmelzel. But then the other one is uh, Kiara Horder, who's an amateur out of Germany, and there are a couple young Germans that I don't know if we necessarily need to watch them right now. But I think we're gonna have to need we're, we're gonna need to know their names. We're going to have to become very familiar with them sooner than later. And I would put her and somebody else I want to talk about into that 
in, into that uh, grouping, I guess. Very excited to be out there with you bright and early Thursday morning to watch the Dame tee it off. I uh, will also be very, very early. I think there's a lot of stock being put into this Open Championship, being that it's held in England and very close proximity to London, and we're looking for these great British stars to show up. Everybody automatically goes to, what's Georgia going to do? What's Charlie going to do? I want to talk about somebody that everybody always forgets. What's up with Mel Reed, man? What's Mel Reed going to do, and how is she going to embrace this moment? Great question. What are your expectations for Mel Reed? Honestly, I think there's like no expectations. I think she can go out there and freewheel it. She's the grinder of all grinders. Yeah. Like if she gets going on the greens this week, like you know she's going to drive the ball well. You know she's going to hit her irons well. If she just gets a little bit hot, like we're going to be very, very good with a very comfy grouping. I would say with Allison Lee, who's having like a really good year. I know she bounces a lot between LPGA and LET uh, playing. And then the third member of that group being Marina Fossey, who I always am like perplexed on what Maria is going to show up with because it seems like that she. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> if, if her drive, if she starts spraying driver. Done. It could be, you know, too much time in, in the Heath or the Heather. Yeah, exactly. Both that all that beautiful purple stuff out there. She'll be right in there. I will say Mel Reed, another one that that, uh, you know, tough round three at Baltus Raw, but, but played, you know, flashed at Baltus Raw. So if we're correct, and I don't want to make it out like we're experts here, but if we're correct that Walton Heath might play a bit like Baltus Raw, I think that's a good one uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, Thursday late, another German, Yara Noya. She won the individual Jetta Aramco LET event earlier this year. She's a 17-year-old German. Uh, she's tall. I think she hits the shit out of the ball. Ooh. I'm really, really eager to see her. She goes off at 149 on Thursday, and she's paired with Mina Harrigay, Solheim Cupper from a couple years ago and Yuna Nishimura who um, could be a manipulator from <laughs> LPGA Japan if we're being honest well that's that could be the case <laughs> you're absolutely right there my late Thursday afternoon group to watch obviously I think somebody who we think of in that the highest regard when we think of majors that she should win she should have these already uh, and her game is kind of like tailor-made for this type of golf. That is our very own young hitter, Madeline Sagstrom, playing in the group with Seon Kim and Andrea Lee off at 138. God, Madeline, just if we can keep if we if we can keep big numbers off the scorecard, the this big week. right miss. I still think back of that drive at Pebble. What what was that on five or six? Six. Oh, where she pumped it into the ocean? Straight in the ocean. Didn't yeah. even have a chance. It didn't even cross, like, it crossed over five green. On Thursday, and damn near did it again Friday. It was insane. It got caught, like, a couple yards from the cliff edge. We don't need that stuff. No. You don't need those shots out here. I don't think, this isn't a golf course where you'd have to be, like, uber aggressive like that with your driver. No, she's got plenty of length with so her three wood. I know. Uh, I will say for, for those watching back in the States, you're going to get a lot of the feature groups Thursday afternoon, really starting. I mean, God, the 1205 group is awesome. Angel Yin, Maya Stark, Amy Yang, 
but really the 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 featured feature groups the 1227 georgia hall celine boutier ataya titicum followed by lilia vu lexi thompson ling grant and then right after them ashley buhai defending champion brooke henderson rose zhang and then the one o'clock allison corpus huju kim and hannah green hannah green's a little sneaky you know, if she's on this, this, this could be a course that suits her length. Well, uh, we shall see. All right. Uh, anybody else Friday, if we don't get a, if we don't get eyes on Thursday, anybody else you want to call out for Friday that you want to see? Mm, I, I did. I put down Ryan O'Toole. I'm always curious on where she's at with her game. I know it's been a rough year for her dealing with some injuries there. Um, she's been spending a lot of time in England, so I don't know if they made it over here, uh, to get some extra practice rounds in there or not, but, um, excited to see her. And she's obviously, you know, she's paired with the young pro that we played with today, Lily May. Um, I want to go see her play. I do. I want to see her from watching her game today. She hits the like most well-controlled. It was borderline draw to hook. I don't know if you noticed that. And low. Very low. Yeah. But like could tell she grew up playing in the wind. Very controlled. Um, this is her second major. She was so excited. She said, yeah. you know, a couple weeks ago she played in the Aviance, the first major that she ever qualified for. This is her first open that she's ever played in. Um, she's very, very pumped about it. I think both of them, like Lily playing with Ryan O'Toole, who's pretty seasoned veteran by by this point, and then Angela Stanford. Like it's a two vets. It's a very comfy grouping for a rookie out there to like usher them around. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right there. The one I wanted to call out, uh well, not Friday early, but we'll go to Friday late. Uh they go off three seventeen, one of the last groups on the course. Celine Borg, the rookie from Norway, who's you know, she's popped up here and there for a round, uh, really lashes the ball. Gina Kim, who's won yep. this year. And then I, I apologize in advance from India, Diksha Dagger. And I thought her story is really interesting. You know, she's hearing uh, impaired. Really? And she's she's competed in both the Olympics and the Paralympics. In what sport? In, go- in golf. Really? Yeah. I didn't know. I don't think golf is a Paralympic sport. I could have sworn it is. No. I, I would say this because uh, all my hitters, my disabled veteran hitters that are out there, we've been petitioning to have it be a, an Olympic sport. Okay, let me re- vamp a little while okay. I look up what I'm I sorry. I, I, I didn't realize that I would, I'd call you out like that. <laughs> I also am going to uh, a young uh, Indian player as well. I think this is a big time for a deity. Like, what what are we gonna do in these big tournaments now? You've you've obviously graduated from the let you've won tournaments you've competed on the lpga tour you've gotten yourself in contention like when you you want to talk about a lot of like first-time winners and not only first-time winners in regular tour events but first-time major you know first-time players getting their wins in a major i think she could be one of them she's very very like she hits a low ball and i think like if we talk conditions again i think it's another person could be right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to follow up on that earlier point, not the Paralympics, the Summer Deaf Olympics. Oh, okay. 
So she actually won gold there in 2021. And That's then, awesome. Uh, got in, not because of that, but she got into the Olympic Games in Tokyo later that year as well. I wonder so, if she wanted, if she'd sign up for the U.S. Adaptive Open. She would, she would qualify for that as well. That's really interesting. I talk to my guys about that all the time. What would they do if uh, John Rom showed up? Because he also meets the qualification for it because of his club foot. Like, what, what do you think the guys would do at the U.S. Adaptive Open if, if Rombo, the butcher, just rocked up on the first tee and said, here I am, boy, to win another national championship? I mean, I think it'd be one year only. I think it'd be cool. But, John, you know, Vinny Vitti Vici, you know, come one time and conquer. But then I, let's you're good there, man. Not to completely digress, but that's awesome. That I did not know that. Yeah. She won earlier this year, the Czech Ladies Open in june so cool story there uh well let's get into our picks and we'll get out of here let's start with i want to task you let's start here uh surprise miss cut who do you have missing the cut i hate to say this because she's been uh, she's been so good this year you want to talk about like building up to an incredible season got her first win in a playoff over georgia hall earlier in this year Got her first major championship a couple weeks back and then won back-to-back last week. And it is, you know, I would say now, I'm sorry to the country of France, but mm. Dallas, Texas's own Celine Boutier. <laughs> like, I just, it's so much. Like, how long can this heater go on for? You have to think that, like, it's just becoming exhausting. Like, you between- would think media obligations and scrambling as much as they travel like that, trying to get everything done and just playing that high level of golf, that consistent between three completely separate, like styles of golf courses. I just don't see it happening for her this week. Missing the cut. I'd love to fade. I'd love to fade a hot streak. Uh, That's, that's not only a bold pick. I respect that pick. Thank you. I'm going to go. I was thinking, you know, I, I think this would be a surprise miscut. Maybe not as much in the States, but I'm going with Ayaka Fudaway as a surprise miscut. Uh, she's had a sneaky, really, really good season without breaking through and winning. Uh, she's she's a number of top 10s, top 20s. I think I was looking at her length. She is not a long hitter. I think she averages about 240 off the tee. And if it turns into a bit of a slog and a bit of a long iron fest, I'm going to fade her just because I think it's hard to hit that many quality long irons and hybrids over and over and over again. But we saw Brian Harmon do it on the men's side at the open. So certainly could be proved wrong there. But uh, sorry, Ayaka, you're my pick for the surprise miscut. I picked the number three player in the world as my surprise miscut and you go with number 18. So I don't know what uh, what game you want to play here, but sure, I, I see how we're working here, big. Okay, okay. What time? Um, it's almost two a.m. So you get a pass this time. I'll say Ayaka is number four this year in the race, the CME. That's true. I'm looking at global games, man. Okay. How about a surprise top ten? Ooh, I called her out a little bit ago. Going with Mel Reed. I like that. Would Madeline count as a surprise top ten or no? No, I think we're beyond. I think Madeline in an open championship is almost uh, like a lock. She she should obviously be top 10 if we're talking about her being in contention to win this thing. How about Megan Kang? 
I will. Yes, hundred percent. Really, you would give that. me Megan Kane for sure. Let me go with a total homer pick, but I do think uh, she made the cut last week at the Scottish. Give me LC. Give me Lauren Coughlin. See, I was gonna go LC. If it's too. a ball striking fest, I didn't. And she want... gets it going. Is that disrespectful to LC? Well, I. I, I hope in her mind it's disrespectful, but I hope she also realizes just based on her resume and, and looking at the wider picture, I don't think that's disrespectful. Because really, Elsie could be could be really good here. I know, I know. <laughs> Everything that we've talked about, what, you know, hitting your drive, keeping it in the grass, and then ball striking the crap out of it, that's Elsie 101. Tied for 15th at Baltusrol, too. I know. I like that pick. I hope she doesn't listen. She should be out practicing, playing, you know, yeah, practice LC, rounds. Turn us off. Yeah, Go out don't and practice. Listen. Anyway. All right. Final pick. Who you got to win? Man, it's so hard here uh, to like, because I think I've said Minji. I've, I've put that out there. I, I think obviously Madeline. Um, and when I started thinking about Madeline, I like with a thought that popped into my head was TC for some reason. And really, who who's going to win this championship is going to be the low Swede. I love that. And I'm going to play this game of low Swede between Madeline, Lynn, Maya. There are Swedes I don't even know about that could be top. <laughs> Lynette. Ten. Yeah. Linnea. Yeah. I just learned Jess Pedersen, I yeah. think, is in. I, you know, hell, she could probably finish top 20. Uh, the young amateur from LSU um ingrid lingblad ingrid qualified she's not playing in the u.s am this week because she qualified to play here in this major championship and of course the winner from two years ago we haven't even said anna nordquist absolutely but i think this person has got a little bit of red ass in him because of what happened last week she was so close i know we're a homer from this because we played with her in the pro-am of the international crown i think this is maya stark's week it would fit the profile of the major winners that we've seen this year. Absolutely. I really think it would. I, I'd love that pick, and I would love it for her. Uh, she was showing off. She got some, like, gold putters from making that hole-in-one last week. So cool. And a couple of gold putters from her. They finally uh, got him sent over from her LET win. So I was uh, very, very excited for to see her and to see her new little prizes. But also, at the same time, I was like, oh, you know, you don't want to talk. You don't want to linger around her too much because in the back of my head, I'm like, I, I think she's going to win. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to be throwing off any mojo here. Uh, let me just go a little TC. I'm, I'm just going to, you know, spray a few before I actually pick my winner. Of course, I, I continue to love Angel Yin. Cooksha. Uh, she, she just, she seems like somebody that's building up to a breakthrough. Would love it for her. We've seen her compete at majors this year. Um. We've mentioned Minji Lee. I think if she's on, she's going to be extremely tough to beat. Lynn Grant, of course, could absolutely be the low Swede and the winner of this tournament. We haven't talked. Uh, maybe you did. I, I I missed it because I was on vacation in Italy. But did you uh, kind of, you know, Lynn getting her first LPGA win was a big deal. It was. Yeah. I think as she continues to get more comfortable week in, week out on the LPGA tour, but also coming back and playing like in locations that she's uberly familiar with from all of her let like years and victories like I, that's what i was stuck honestly between maya and lynn well 
And I, I, I would just say about Lynn too, my perception and from trying to gather some Intel, she's, she's somebody else that this is going to sound like such a backhanded compliment to most of the women playing, but I think Lynn's about winning like very much. She's not about just out there, you know, competing and trying to do her best. Like she's out there to win. And I think as much as she has won on the let getting that, that taste in Toledo several weeks back, the next thing to check off for her is going to be a major. So whether it's this week or not, I, I think Lynn is somebody that is going to win a major and I would have those expectations of when she does. I expect her to keep competing in majors. She is somebody that I want to see week after week uh, and certainly the biggest weeks of the year. The other one I was going to say, and I'm not picking her, is Rooney Yin. I, I think she's coming off a third-place finish last week at the Scottish Open. She shot an opening round 74 and then finished that up going 69, 67, 66. For a solo third, we, we've said that she won at Baltus Raw, immensely, immensely impressive final round 67 there. She could be right in it, but I'm going to go with, don't think I've officially picked her yet. I'm going to go with Rose Zhang. When we talk about being patient, keeping the golf course in front of you, avoiding the doubles and triples, you know, avoiding the Heather, playing smart, playing patient. She's who I think of. Uh, I, you know, she's she doesn't have a hole in her game. She's very good off the tee, approach play. I think if there is a weakness, it might be putting, but I think it's going to be a difficult week putting for everybody. So give me Rose. I think, man, to, to capture a major championship, the last one of the year, what a story that would be. And it's just going to ratchet up our expectations, um, our, the hype for her, not only the rest of the year, but going into 2024 as well. Yeah, I, I would gladly be out there standing on the 18th green with you cheering that away because <laughs> that would be phenomenal. I think uh, my only concern there again is that I just don't, some hefty hefty expectations and i get it i understand and and she's obviously proven that she can back a lot of that up but uh you think this is a good course fit for i i don't know if there's a bad course fit right now for rose i think she's so steady i think again it might not be the best court course fit for her but i'm not sure it's a bad one Right. She was there at Baltus Raw, you know, not, it was a bit of a backdoor top 10, For but sure. it's, I don't think she was, she, had, she didn't have her A game by any stretch of the imagination. Not at all. Not at all. The only reason why I say that is just because based off conditions that we played today and we know we'll be there tomorrow, and obviously a lot can change by this weekend, this is going to play very, very long. Yeah. I don't know, like, I haven't, I, I don't remember a golf tournament where I've seen Rose hit that many hybrids and long irons into a lot of greens. Well, I think her body, of we just haven't seen her in that position yet as a pro. Yeah. You know, she 
as I'm even going back and looking at some of the college stuff. Well, college, you know, she's not going to, they're not setting up courses to, to force that. I will say, you know, coming down the stretch when she won uh, in New Jersey earlier, the, the defining shot was, yeah. uh, I don't know if that was a hybrid. I'm trying to think back, yep. uh, but that was just a sensational long iron. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a bit of a heart pick. It's it's certainly something I'd love to see. Last year, I'll, I'll note she was low am at Muirfield. She mm-hmm. she was not granted tied for twenty eighth, but you know she has some open experience. This this isn't going to be a new thing for her. And yeah, she's got she's got major experience. She's she's done it now at Baltusrol, Pebble, Evian. And, and finish top 10 in all of them. So we'll see. I, like I said, I, I would love for it to happen. Um, I just think she's going to be around. She's definitely going to be around. Lock up that top 10. Rose, I hope she goes out and gets it. We might have to find, uh, what, what is it, Ladbrokes over here? Yeah. Put, a, put a few quid down on some of these picks? For sure. For sure. Uh, the other interesting note I would say is you watch this major championship unfold is just the Solheim cup and how that kind of racks and stacks We're we're leading up to uh points or, or the team will be finalized on August 28th. So Which I believe, so it's this week, the Irish open after this, and then the Canadian women's open. Correct. is going to be the final one. So three events, big, big things uh, happening, big couple weeks leading up for that team. And you have some players that are on the bubbles and uh, a lot of Solheim Cup stalwarts, specifically for the U.S. team that I don't know if they're looking so hot right now. And and obviously, for the majority of them, you could say, yeah, they're probably guaranteed like a captain's pick if they don't start playing a little bit better. Cough, um, Lexi, cough. Yeah, for sure, Lexi. Um, I don't think they're going to leave her off. No, I don't. I don't. I would think like so to either. see something from her. I would like to see a different makeup of this uh, of this team. I think there's players who have played, you know, had phenomenal years who have gone out and like literally scored and put themselves in contention, you know, week after week after week. I think of somebody like Diane Knight, yeah, who like just because uh, if you look at the differences between. CME points list and Rolex points list, like it, they're, they're, they don't match at all. And it's like, I feel like her play this year is being punished for this team. But there's another Solheim Cup next year. So we'll see from there. But um, so far, we got three players locked up, automatically picked, or excuse me, already clinched their spot for the U.S. Solheim team as Nelly Corda, Lilia Vu, and Allison Corpuz. It's nice to see Lilia showing a little life here the last couple of weeks. Too. I, I agree. Hopefully he's on the other side of the injury and starting to gain some form again. Yeah. And then I, w- I will say that leading the world list as we have, what, what do they do? Six, six, uh, uh, CME points list, two world list or something like that. And then four captains picks, I believe two let four or yeah, four, six. We we really should look this up. Well, I'm talking about for the U.S. team. It's all. Oh, I'm it's sorry. The U.S. Up. Yeah, yeah I, the the U.S. goes. There's all kinds of lists. Captains picks. The world team is is. They got even more lists. It seems like, but big week nonetheless. Lex, Lexi week. DK. You got to show us. I'd something. say Megan Kang for sure. Angel Yin. Yes. There are a number of big names. Yes. All right. Uh, anything else? 
No, I think uh, two ten a.m. here. Two ten a.m. I think we cooked it, brother. What's what's our what's our target wake up time tomorrow? <laughs> Probably eight. Eight. We'll try see. to get to the course by nine. Yeah. All right. Try to get some. What, what we didn't say is we didn't have a a bite of food in our belly until like eight thirty p.m. tonight. By like no bites, meaning zero, zero, and no not even caffeine. a coffee. We just pure water all yeah. day. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, be sure to tune in. Like I said, USA Network, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. Thursday and Friday, and then shifting slightly on the weekend, 7 to 2, and then 7 to noon, noon to 2 on NBC Sunday. I think Walton Heath's going to look great on television. There are purples, browns, greens. It's, it's going to be a beautiful course. Friday night at the completion. Well, it's going to be Friday midday back in the States, but yep. Friday at the completion of play, we're going to go live, and then again Sunday, we're going to have a live podcast at the completion of play, and we will fill people in on the specifics of our radio hits as well. Absolutely. All right, Code Man. Looking forward to it, big. Big Cheers. week coming up. Hell yeah. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? It is better than most. Better than most!